This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. This episode will cover some strategies and tips that will put you in a great position to be considered for a promotion. And joining me is Hayley Cole, co-owner of Stella, a PR agency in Sydney. Welcome. Hello, Brooke. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Your career in PR is a really interesting one. You've been at Stella for about 15 years now, joining as an account executive, and now you're a co-owner, which I think makes you really well-placed to provide tips for this episode. I'd love to give listeners a little insight into your career progression. You started in the most junior position, and now you're in the most senior. So talk me through what positions you've held at the company. Sure. I've held pretty much every position there is to hold at Stella. It just shouldn't be surprising, given I did come in as, as an account executive. Um, I think what would be people may find interesting as well is probably how I entered PR. Mm. So I actually studied fashion design at uni. Um, I was a little ill-informed about what was probably available to me for a university degree and fashion is something I was quite interested in and design. So after starting my degree, I'd say I probably got 12 months into that and realised it wasn't for me. I think I had enjoyed learning about it, but I didn't see it being a future Uh, So I was at UTS and I looked to switch into journalism, but I wasn't able to do that at that time. So the electives that were available to me that kind of covered similar interests as journalism was public relations. So I did finish my degree in fashion design and then I ended up doing a sub major in public relations and my major project was a fashion media publication. So it was a little bit of a different route to find comms as my future career, but I got there in the end. And I do think that that there was still a lot gained out of doing my uni degree. So obviously you learn some great writing and researching skills, no matter what degree it is that you're doing. And I think it does show a potential employer that you are, you know, you're committed to seeing something through and that you'll, you'll put in the groundwork. Uh, and then I, I was doing some work in fashion in the fashion industry while I was studying and got to try a little bit of PR within that sector, which I really loved. I was able to do some um, customer service work, some uh, marketing comms, publicity work in more of a showroom space. So I, I got to know the media. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't want to pigeonhole myself to fashion. So I started looking around about a year out of my degree for PR roles and interviewed at quite a few different places. And Stella was one that I just felt attached to. Quite instantly. Was it the because people. the people that you that you interviewed by was it the type of clients they had? What uh, was appealing? It, was def- it was a bit of both. So mm. it, it initially caught my interest because of the clients. So the first client I worked on there was GHD Hair, which mm. was uh, had recently only twelve months ago I think had launched into the Australian market. So it was obviously a really exciting time to work on that brand, and I felt that that was a good way for me to enter consumer lifestyle PR because it did have such a fashion edge to it. So I could take my industry sector experience and apply it. Um, to this particular client, but also begin to expose myself to kind of hospitality and booze and other lifestyle brands. So that was a great entry point for me. Uh, And I'd have to just say that the people was really important. I think I'd worked in a few different businesses where I'd worked with some really great, inspiring leaders and then some others that didn't deliver on those expectations. So, you know, that was important. Culture was really important and I felt that quite instantly from Marguerite and Tori. So you started as an account executive. I did. And how many years were you in that position before you started moving up the food chain? Uh, Oh, not very long, I must say. I'd say I probably did six to 12 months and then I was fairly aggressive, I think, when I entered because I... I was ready to take my time to learn, but I knew what I wanted. I'd done some research and I'd tried different things and I knew that I wanted to progress and grow and I was quite ambitious from a career perspective. So, 
yeah, I'd say probably six to 12 months. And um, I applied myself pretty hard to my work during that time. And I was always quite proactive in kind of asking what what are the KPIs, what are the things that I have to achieve to be able to move to mm. the next step. And were they, was there a structure or strategy in place to help you with that or were they kind of being quite reactive to your proactivity? Oh, gosh, it's going back so far. <laughs> Look, I think it, there was always a structure. There was certainly always a good structure at Stella. Um, we... You know, we, we did, I think we did appraisals kind of every six months and then every six to, and then again at 12 months. Um, however, the, there was a really open line to management there. So if you were hungry for it and you put up your hand and you felt that you could demonstrate why you wanted to address your role and your position sooner, the, the team, they were always really open to that. Mm. I think that is something that we'll talk about a little bit more as we go through this episode as well is mm. if you can prove to your manager that you are doing your current job above and beyond what is expected of you and you're showing the initiative to start doing tasks that are in the position above you then that puts you in the perfect position to be considered for a promotion yeah it does that's very true and I think um, I might be skipping ahead a little bit here from where we're going to get to but I think now as as an agency owner and director you really value that proactivity that Mm. comes from your team so I think you can Having worked with a number of amazing young PR professionals over my time now in the industry, you can see the ones that are going to go far because they want it mm. and they're not afraid to ask. And that's for it. quite different to how I kind of, um, I didn't really approach promotions or going, uh, progressing in my career. My focus was always just to do the absolute best job that I could. I guess as quickly as I could. And it was never because, right, well, I want to get to this position within six months or a year or 18 months. I just wanted to do it for myself. I'm not a very competitive person in terms of nature. Mm. So for me, it was just about, I just want to do this job really well and for people to think that I'm amazing at it. And obviously when you do that, then promotions become available to you. So I think it's good for listeners to understand that, yes, there certainly are people like you that were that had a plan Mm. And there's people like me that didn't have a plan. Yeah, of course. And I think my plan came from not having a plan, to be totally <laughs> honest with you. I felt like I had lost a couple of years yeah. because I did – I took a year off between finishing my HSE and starting university and then I was working um, – kind of in a permanent part-time role at Sasson Bide. So I decided to do that while studying, which took another year onto my degree. Mm. So it was one year out, five-year degree. So I was kind of six years past high school and anyone else that had done comms was already two years into the workforce. So I did feel I had a little bit of catching up to do. Mm -hmm. So I did set myself some pretty harsh and I strict timelines, I suppose. I, I was ambitious with where I wanted to get to to bring yeah. myself back up to where I would have been had I just gone and done a comms degree. So what made you stay with the same company? Oh, there's two things. Um, culture, mm. absolutely. I think that's the main thing. And I never, I didn't set out with an intention to have a long-term, I definitely did not have an intention to own the agency. <laughs> uh, yes, I wanted promotions and I wanted to one day be an account director, but I definitely didn't have an ambition to own it. So that that just happened over time. Um, but culture, absolutely so important to me. I think I wanted to, as I said, I'd I'd had some different working experience and I really wanted to enjoy where I worked and I wanted to know that there were supportive people around me and people that, um, you know, that there's just a similar energy with that you have a mutual respect with. And we spend so much of our time in the workforce that you want to know that that's an enjoyable experience while you're there. So culture was a big one. Um, And the client mix, I think, is the other thing that's kept me there. I know you know, I've got a lot of friends such as yourself and, and other, you know, PR professionals that have 
worked in different agencies and I, I think because Stella works across so many different sectors, it's always kept me really interested. One minute we're working on a beauty brand, the next minute we are working on beds. We've worked with steel roofing before, we've mm. worked with alcohol, um, fragrance. We have done, you know, worked with marketing agencies on promoting their own campaigns. We've done so many different things. So I feel like there is always still something more to learn and that's, I'd say, why I haven't, I haven't really strayed, the mm. perfect mix of those two things. Okay, so I think regardless of what level of PR you are in, it's fair to say there's a set of criteria that you need to meet in order to be considered for a promotion. And, you know, there's certainly a number of things that are top of mind for me. So obviously, and we've just touched on this, you need to be executing your current job to a really high standard. You can't just be floating around, almost doing everything that you need to do. You really need to be executing it perfectly. What other things stand out for you on that list when you're considering people for a promotion? Yeah, I think that that's the number one thing, of mm. course. Um, and I think that's why to set yourself up for success, you should always be really clear on what your job description is. Um, you should have a really clear list and quite literally be able to tick those things off as you feel you've mastered that skill set. Um, and I would also suggest kind of a personal development plan, whether that's something your agency or um, company will directly offer or you have to ask for, but something that helps you address where you feel your weaknesses are so that you can work on those and, and achieve that next goal. And so just to jump in there, I think if you are lucky enough to work somewhere that does have that structure and strategy in place and it's very clear what your job description is, it does make it a lot easier. For those that don't work somewhere that have that kind of structure, I think it's definitely worthwhile, A, asking for a job description. If one doesn't exist, ask if you can help put one together and then get your manager to perhaps pad that area out. Just so, again, it's very, very clear about what it is that you're expected to do. Um and again, do one for the next position up if you're in an agency or even if you're in-house and there's uh, there's a clear path for what you should be following. Yes, that's right. And that is something that I'd have to say I, I did used to do. Um, I'd always go into an appraisal and ask for the job description of the role beyond my current level um, so that you know exactly what it is you're working towards. So yes, it's tick the box on the current, but then it's also being able to go in and say, I believe I'm ready to take these next steps. Mm. Um, I think at a more kind of general level there's a few things so it sounds so boring but it's so important to me anyway attention to detail and yes. good time management oh. it's kind of dry but it's just un- it's just so important the basics. when you're there representing yeah. a client's brand you can't afford for a piece of material to go out to the media mm-hmm. that's not perfect mm-hmm. so um you know that level of responsibility grows as mm-hmm. you move up in the agency or within your organization so that's that regardless of what level you are is is a big one for me um proactiveness I find so important and it's not just about kind of asking for more but it's about problem solving so we always find you know we really appreciate when the team member we're always available Mm. if there's an issue or a challenge that you're not able to resolve but we I think it says a lot about the employee if you try and apply some thought to it first so if you can have an initiative Mm -hmm. yeah come with a solution that you believe would resolve that problem and we're always there to workshop it with you Mm. Um, but I think it says a lot to show that you've given it some thought first and be a team player you know if you could I mean everyone has a busy day I mean sure there's occasions where you might have a quieter day or a quieter couple of hours for whatever reason but if you can see someone really struggling with a media send out and you can help them packing up sure it might mean that you have to stay behind an extra hour doing your job but if you're the first to stick up your hand and say I'm happy to help is there anything that I can do then that shows that you are looking at the bigger picture you're not just focusing on yourself so yeah. being a team player I think is that's so right. important and that's it's that's part of the agency culture mm-hmm. as well and I think that is something that we certainly embrace I think while we do have roles and positions and career paths we're also 
not an entirely flat structure, but you wouldn't feel that when you step into the stellar office. And I think that is because everybody is so supportive of each other and always willing to lend a hand. Mm. You know, I'm happy to book a career if I have Absolutely. to. You need to remind me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think relationships are really important. And yes, the relationships within your team and your managers, with your clients, um, any other stakeholders. So if you work internally, uh, you know, in-house in a position and you deal with other departments, how mm. do you get on with those people? Are you are you polite to them? Are you aware, Are you available for them? So all those things are, are monitored and people certainly managers take notice of how you conduct yourself. Another thing going into appraisals, you know, we have a form that we'll usually send out to the team a week ahead of their appraisal and they are to answer it and give it some thought and evaluate themselves and then we'll do the same and then we'll arrive and discuss it um, both ways at the appraisal. I think, again, you can... You can see the people that are quite ambitious that will get that form. They'll fill it out at home and it'll be back in your inbox the next morning. That sounds um, like me. Although I wasn't ambitious, I just I needed to do things properly very quickly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, and it's not it's not it's just prioritizing yeah. your own professional growth. Absolutely. I think, as well, whereas there are some mm-hmm. that will jot down a few notes written by hand <laughs> ten minutes that before the, morning the appraisal. Of, yeah. And look, that's fine too. I think it just talks to what's what your priorities are yeah. and what's important to you absolutely so you will get the most out of your own working life and experience if you apply yourself to mm. it probably the last thing that i would add in terms of the list of things that managers keep in mind when they're looking at their staff uh, promotions is in pr is building a media network you know if oh, you're yes, in pr yes. and sure you're doing all your work and you're reactive to things that come in but you're not doing anything to establish and develop those relationships and that will be taken notice of because a lot of the times journalists are short on time and they think oh hang on a second I just had a chat with Hayley yesterday I'll give her a call she might be able to have she might have a product that can fit into this or she might have a spokesperson from one of her clients that could help me out with this so if you're not fostering and developing and nurturing or even just establishing those relationships then you might be able to get through the first couple of years of your PR hmm. career, but that's gonna that's gonna stop pretty quickly, and that's gonna I think yeah, certainly absolutely. impact your progression. PR is is a relationship based industry, so uh, absolutely supportive of what you said. And beyond media, it's just it's kind of just relationships in general. I think it's your overall network, it's the media, it's your suppliers, it's people in your social circle, it's your social influences that you engage with. It's, it's kind of all of it. And particularly as the landscape evolves in PR, um, you know, the media, as we know, is shrinking, but absolutely those relationships are as important as they've ever been because they do still exist. And now it's just one journalist writing across a lot more titles. But it, it is it is hard because I think for us, when we were coming up in PR, it was really just knowing your media really well. Um, people coming into PR today, they need to know their media really well, but they also need to know about, you know, hundreds of thousands of social influences. Absolutely. And, and a number it's of... It's a lot you know, broader. There's, there's a lot, it's a lot broader. There's a lot more, rec- you know, there's a lot more to know in terms of the landscape of people, of influence that will help you to get your client's message out there. So, mm. um, yeah, I think you just have to always have that top of mind, be it being a natural networker is going to help you in PR I mean, not everyone possesses that skill and it's not always something you can learn easily either. And there are other ways that you can apply your skills if that's not you. But that's certainly kind of one of those foundational benefits to help you in the industry. And look, if you're not confident about media networking, ask if someone else from your agency or your team can go with you to a meeting. And then then you have the comfort of having a second person there. You'll see how they conduct themselves with that person and, and you'll learn to 
foster a natural, nice, organic relationship with the media representative. Yeah, we, we'll off, we would always suggest that two of you go. And I think, well, you know, we're very always very encouraging of coffee meets and lunch catch-ups and it's harder now because their time is a lot poorer than it used to be. Um, the media, that is. And obviously, we're in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. so we're not doing many coffee catch-ups right now. But we have done a few virtual wines and a few <laughs> virtual coffees, which has been fun for a yeah. bit there. Uh, but yes, we would, in, no- in the normal world, encourage a couple of people from the team. I think it always helps to have that to bounce off, and a junior Absolutely. and a senior mm. as well. One of the things that isn't on this list, and, and it's for good reason, is the amount of time you've been in that position. Because the reality is, it doesn't matter how long you've been in that position. And, you know, you had the good example of being an account executive for six months or 12 months. Really, the time frame is redundant. Mm. If you can do everything in your job description well, and you've proved all the points that your manager needs to see for progression then you'll be considered for promotion. If you've done that in six months, if you've been in the same job for three years and you're still not getting promoted, then you're obviously not doing something that your manager is looking for. I'm a firm believer in that. And mm. I, I look, I have heard stories of, uh, you know, larger agency structures or, you know, environments different to, to the one that I've come up through where there is a bit of a kind of you have to do your time mentality. And that's certainly not my position on it. I believe, you know, while doing your time, sure, let's all do our time. But I think... If you have developed those skills at a a level of capability that your job description defines, then absolutely you're ready to move on. I don't think there's anything to value in keeping people stagnant. And I guess then there's the broader picture of budgets and stuff which businesses have to keep in consideration just because you've done everything doesn't mean they've got a space for you to move up. But in theory, if you can execute your role perfectly, then it shouldn't matter how long you're in that position for. One of the things we just touched on there was the uh, the self-assessment in terms of what you guys do at Stella, and I've certainly had that at agencies before. And I think that's a really good one just to come back to quickly because if you don't have that structure in place and you and you are writing your own job description and there isn't kind of an, a, a quarterly appraisals or you're not setting goals, then you need to have the initiative to take responsibility and do that for yourself. Mm. Once a quarter rate yourself out of all the things on your job description about how you're doing and then put it to your manager and ask them to rate you and then compare them and go, right, well, I thought I was doing this really well. My manager doesn't think so. Um, I wonder what the areas are that I could improve. Let's have a chat to them and go through those those areas. Again, it comes back to having initiative and and planning. Yeah, and I think if you're the sort of person that um, you thrive off more regular feedback, don't be afraid to ask for that either. Absolutely. So your, you know, your line manager, your director, your HR manager might allocate these kind of set catch-up times but if you feel that there's too big a gap happening in between that just always ask is my big thing never be afraid to ask because that is the only way that you will get and managers quite often have especially if they have not been a manager very long quite a set way of managing people which may be perfect for two or three people but it doesn't really gel well with you and that's not because they're not a great manager they may be inexperienced they may not just understand that you require like you said more active engagement when it comes to planning and goals and appraisals etc so be understanding that you might have to help navigate that environment for them and create the best space for you to what's the word um flourish yeah absolutely there's no one size fits all to people learn and evolve so um I think that's a really key part of your own personal development. And break being it down aware into of what you need and yeah, going for that. And break it down into smaller goals. You know, you may have just started working and it's your first job and you've never had the chance to write a media release. So put it on your goals in the next two months. I want the chance to write a media release, or I want to um, 
pull together the photo references for a photo shoot or I want to manage a photo shoot on my own and not with a manager there. So have a think about the things that you haven't had experience in yet and and set those as goals for yourself and timeframes and have those as little achievements that you can work towards. Yeah, completely agree. I think I used to do that with, um, you know, with pitching. It was kind of like these are these are two outlets mm-hmm. I really want to nail within the next kind of couple of months and yeah. kind of stick it on your desk on a little post-it. So it sounds like you had some really great mentors at Stella. How important is it to have mentors either in the business that you work, in the company that you work, or outside? I think it's super important. I think it's really quite crucial. And what does a mentor, a mentor look like? Look, I think a mentor can look like so many different things. And I, I think that can come sometimes be the problem when people are trying to find their mentor is they kind of put all this pressure around, all this criteria around what the perfect mentor should be. It's someone that I aspire to professionally. It's someone that I aspire to personally. But I think it just has to be somebody that inspires you, that is relatable to you and that is a great listener and that has had life experiences that you can learn from regardless of whether they're you know, di- directly relating to you and what you're going through in your professional life. I've had a, a couple um, of different mentors in my life and I attribute a lot of what I've been able to achieve through them. And it's from personal learning. It's not always just down to the workplace. Um, you did mention Stella though, and certainly um, Marguerite and Tori, who were kind of the head of the agency when I first joined there, were amazing. Tori's a, a, an excellent mentor to me. What I loved about her was that she kind of t- she did do both she helped me within the workplace but she was also able to see how I was developing in my personal life you know when I got married when I fell pregnant with my first child so I think she'd been through all of that as well and she was able just to offer some little some guidance and some life lessons around how you move in your professional career based on what's happening in your personal life and how you can essentially try and make it all work for you and I think those mentors come into play especially when you are wanting to stay in a particular company for a while and they are proof of what it can be to get to that kind of top position. You know, they're a person that you admire, you respect, they've got great work ethic or they go about things in a really admirable way. Um, That's right. I think it's very, I think having a mentor whose values align with your own is really important. And I had that. I think the first 10 years of working in PR, I was in three I had three jobs in that 10 years and they were all females, uh, managers, PR managers, and they all were brilliant for totally different things. You know, one was really attention to detail driven. And so it was really drilled into me that you've got to manage your tasks and your times and your email inbox and respond to people efficiently and blah, blah, blah. Um, Others were more creative with their approach. So it's not everyone's going to be perfect, but see what you can get from them that you would really like to have for yourself and and learn from them, observe them, talk to them as well about it and how they've got to where they've got and what decisions they've made they've that, that have helped them. Um, I think having that open dialogue with someone that you admire is super important. Don't just watch them from afar. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think, you know, the first um, the first probably mentor I had was an incredible woman who I worked with at Sasson Bide and she was the the girl's executive assistant. And she went on to work with them for a number of years. But I think what I gained from her was character building Mm. and very much about how you treat people and how you, you know, how you will progress in life if you treat people fairly and as you'd like to be treated and work hard. So great work ethic, great values. And those are things that, although 
the role and the business was so different to what I ended up doing. I, I really did take that with me and I continue They're to foundations, that with aren't me. they? They are. They're foundations mm. for how you operate. Mm. Okay. So to finish up, let's recap on some of the personality attributes, which are really important to have for any PR role and which your manager will be looking out for when it comes time to consider you for a promotion. So I'll kick off with being diligent and conscientious and doing your work to a really high standard. Absolutely. So important. Um, The other big one for me is resilience. Mm. I think PR is... That's a great one, actually. It it throws you a few knocks. You know, you are constantly... Those wins are great, but you're also getting a lot of knockbacks. (laughs) You're getting knockbacks from media. Um, Clients you might not get. Clients who you may not get along with. Or clients that are really difficult or have really high expectations or... And that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but you need to be okay with accepting feedback that you may not want to hear sometimes <laughs> and you need to be agile. So you need to be able to take that feedback on board, apply it to how you work and kind of move forward. So I guess resilience and strong character mm. I think is really important. Yeah, they are great ones. Um, you'd, yeah, you've definitely had someone scream down the phone at you a few times. I think, oh, if you've worked in absolutely. PR and you yeah. can't afford to break down into tears. Or, no, well, you can not on the phone. Away and no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to pick yourself back up. And yeah. Just, you know, if something doesn't work, you need to rethink it, review it, shift strategy, but keep going. Mm. Be a good communicator. We've already spoken about that, whether that's with your team or with media or with internal stakeholders at your business. Um, have initiative. Always think yeah, initiative a step ahead. You know, whether too. it's a step ahead of your manager, whether it's a step ahead of your client, if you can see an issue kind of bubbling away, having some solutions in advance of what you could do or how you could pivot from that is really important. And obviously when you are very early on in the state in your PR career, that will be more difficult to have. But use initiative where you can and as you get more experience, you'll be able to apply that to more and more situations. Mm. Yes, thinking a step ahead because that that's just so key in what we do. You've always got to be prepared for something not to go as you think or hope it will and kind of have that backup plan in place. Um, I'd say, and to that point, probably just not being afraid to fail, Mm. I think is a big one. And Marguerite, who founded Stella, was she was really big on that. She was all about kind of throw you in the deep end and see where you end up. I think that's the reality, is that your manager has made all the mistakes that you've made before and they will be more annoyed if you don't own up to that mistake or if you don't try and put forward a potential solution. So just accept the fact that you are going to make mistakes. And, yeah, and you learn from and them. And you learn from them, yeah. Be curious. Ask questions. Great you one. know, Sometimes you're given information, maybe it's by a client or by a manager about a project or a product that you're meant to be working on. Uh, and you think, oh, God, I don't, that doesn't really give me much. Go back, ask questions, you know, whether it's a journalist, whether it's a client, yeah, doesn't matter who it is, questions. ask questions because it's better to have more information, not use information mm-hmm. than to not have enough and then be trying to assume. I mean, as a PR, you absolutely do not want to be assuming. Yes, and well-read, I would add to that. Mm. I think the more you can read, the better. Yeah. And, you know, if you do work in a specialist sector, don't just read what's happening in your industry, read well beyond that. I think as a communicator, you need to know what's happening in the world um, at all levels, really. So I think there's some great industry publications that you can subscribe to to kind of hear about what's going on in our industry. So the likes of Mumbrella, B&T, Ad News. Um, But beyond that general news, what's happening internationally, subscribe to some great EDMs um, and don't overwhelm yourself with them either, but handpick a few that you think you can gain a lot from. Mm. 
Probably the last one on my list is having coping mechanisms for managing stress. Everyone works mm, yes. very, very... <laughs> links in with my level-headed, stay level-headed. <laughs> yeah, and look, everyone deals with stress very differently. And it might mean that you need to... And look, we've got a whole another uh, podcast episode dedicated to time management. But as an example, it might mean that you've got to stay behind every day for 15 minutes to make sure you're on top of what you need to do the next day. It might mean that you need to take a walk in the middle of the day if something pops up and you're a little bit flustered by it. So in time, you'll learn how to manage stress and make sure you apply that. Yeah, that's right. You have to, um, problems are going to come your way and you need to figure out how to work around them and how to put yourself in the best position to stay level-headed when Mm. things can get heated or challenging and um, troubleshoot that. Again, this ties into time management, but I think it's fair to say a lot of the problems that come up really result back to, oh my gosh, how's that going to impact the rest of my day? You know, there's a an issue within a client, something takes you four hours when it should have taken you 15 minutes. So a lot of it does come down to time management. And if you can get on top of that, mm. then you'll find that filters out through the rest of your, your day and your, and your work life. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. And to those listening, I hope you have picked up some tips that will help put you in the ideal position for a promotion. If you want to recap on any of the information discussed, head to this episode's page on the website. And if there's any episodes you'd like covered on the podcast, drop me an email. Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.